with with Malik, we've known that he's not a guy that is ready to play meaningful snaps at the quarterback position outside of a gadget role. Welcome in to the spooky Halloween version of the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, Director of Published Content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We are also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. If you're listening to this on Monday when the show comes out, happy Halloween, everybody. Um, my my dulcity, velvety tones are not a Halloween special today. They are a result of me having lost my voice from a very special weekend that both producer JT and I are just returning from. I got married. If you happen to be watching the show, you can see the ring that is now on my finger that I'm having to get used to, by the way. Never wore rings before in my life, JT. And uh, it's very strange to have this thing constricting my finger at all times, but I'm trying to get used to it. Um, it was a it was a fantastic weekend. Um, I think everybody had a, a great time. The weather was great. Um, my, my fiance now turned bride, which is going to take some getting used to. My wife, who is sitting downstairs right now, is... Uh, fantastic and we had a great time everything went off fantastic the food was great the the hangs were awesome um so just to dive into a little uh bit of the the personal relations on the show jt how did you how did you enjoy this weekend's activities well i'm tired right now which means it was a good sign of it being a very fun <laughs> you and me both yeah. uh a weekend but no yeah like you said i don't think you could have gotten better what weather for that I no. mean, it was perfect textbook fall weather, Man. what you could hope for in having a wedding in the fall. Uh, but yeah, it was great. The reset, er, the ceremony was amazing, wonderful. Um, and then the uh, live band and the reception afterwards was uh, a fun time. It was a great time. It was perfect. I, 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 w- I could not have asked for anything better for my wedding day, um, which is a big deal. And if any of you listening to the show are married, then you know exactly how crazy my life has been for the last couple of weeks and now is with you know moving in together with my wife and about to go on our honeymoon next week um and so i guess just to transition into a program note um apologies on my end for um the show situation with broadway sports media at the end of last week as you can imagine i was a little bit busy at the end of last week getting ready final preparations for the wedding and um some things got put up kind of late jt was a massive help for me on that end and so i appreciate him but stuff like the mike herndon show and this show a little bit off kilter at the end of last week hopefully you still got your fill when we are back this week i'm i'm here and we're doing the show today and then our usual friday show and then me and my wife are going on our honeymoon next week but because i'm an absolute sicko maniac um i will be carving out just a small amount of my time on my honeymoon um, and I have already pre-approved this with my wife who, uh, has some classes that she's going to have to carve out. So we're both going to carve a little bit of time out for the real world. Um, and I'll be doing the show next week live from somewhere like Jerry Jones sitting on a large boat parked out in the middle of the, uh, Caribbean. I will be going full Jerry Jones calling into the show and giving my thoughts on what is sure to be a significant game between the Titans and the chiefs on Sunday night football next week as well as previewing their next home game, which is uh, the Denver game the following week, which I'll be coming right back from our honeymoon and getting to Nissan Stadium to cover that game. So a lot of busy things going on in, going on in my life. This week I'm home, but of course, moving stuff in, getting acclimated and all of that. 
we'll be doing the show normally this week. Hopefully next week the shows are as normal as possible. And uh, you'll definitely want to tune in because I'll have plenty to say. Whether or not it is high-quality video is yet to be determined. But the quality of the content, I promise, will be high. Today, the quality of the content is also going to be high. But this is – and we're just now starting. I'm sure – going to be the shortest show that we've had because as i said jt and i the wedding was last night we're recording this on sunday evening uh, it was saturday evening was the wedding so uh we stayed the night out at the facility uh at the venue and then came back this afternoon i've been unloading things all day and moving things all day so i'm exhausted jt's exhausted from the weekend we watched the game it was a uh, very kind of the nfl to move the game today to 3 p.m for us um so we got a chance to see the game i didn't get around to writing a winners and losers article today i'm sure you all can understand um we'll be back to that as soon as possible but i still have plenty of thoughts from this game which um <clears throat> i have to i have to provide a couple of mea culpas i think it's only fair we're all about integrity honesty accountability on this show and i have to i have to be accountable i said a couple of things about this game last week that i think have been proven verifiably false one of which was that and i've been saying this about this team uh since the beginning of the show this season that the texans were the highest ceiling competent team in the league um either the titans defense is the best in the league by like a significant margin or that was a bit of a stretch and the Texans are still kind of a dumpster fire because holy cow they had a rough rough day out there I didn't get a chance to look at JT do me a favor pull up the final total yards the Texans had in this game last I checked in the fourth quarter it was well under 100 yards um, somewhere in the 60 to 70 range the Titans defense was absolutely suffocating today it was um, a fantastic effort, even though, I mean, listen, the Texans scored a total garbage time touchdown with 17 seconds to play, made it a seven-point game, which technically means it was a one-score game in which the Titans are fantastic, by the way. Statistically, the Titans in one-score games, um, all-time under coach Mike Vrabel, uh, excuse me, not under coach Mike Vrabel all time, but in the last three seasons, they are 17 and five in these one score games. The Titans are four and one this season in one score games. Now, was this really a one score game? No, the garbage time touchdown made it a seven point game. It was, as Mike Herndon put it on Twitter, the, the biggest butt whooping, the biggest seven point butt whooping you've ever seen because the Titans dominated the game start to finish. Um, as far as one score games go, just as a little bit of a, an aside, the analytics nerds have conditioned us all to believe that success in success and failure in one score games is always going to regress to the mean. There's an element of luck involved in football and in close games, there's an element of luck involved that means sometimes you're going to get lucky in these close games and sometimes you're going to get unlucky and eventually it's all going to balance itself out. And it's a 50-50 proposition. Well, I think that's the case on paper for the most part. But like most rules in life, there are exceptions. And I think verifiably, you can point to the Titans and Mike Vrabel as an exception to that rule now. Mike Vrabel has been fantastic in these one-score games. JT, did you did you find the total yards? Yeah, I did. Uh, 141. 
Or sorry, 161. Sorry. Okay, I'd be curious. Can you find the drive-by-drive data to find out how many of those yards came on that last drive? Because I guarantee at least half of those. If you check ESPN, I think that they tend to have those numbers. Mm -hmm. But regardless, the vast majority of their offense came on that last drive, which was a garbage time touchdown. It was 90 yards on that last drive. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, 90 of their 161. So in other words, 70 of those yards came before the last drive um and then they they got a garbage time touchdown and got a bunch of yards to pad those stats but mike vrabel i I don't know what to tell you guys like yes the the numbers the analytics dictate that these one score games aren't sustainable but for mike vrabel for three years it's been nothing but sustainable i don't know what you make of that seems like coaching matters a lot in these one score games but to get back on on track here that the defense was suffocating all throughout the game. The offense was, I think, exactly what you, any reasonable person should have expected it to be. Going into this game, once we knew that Malik Willis was going to be the starter, anybody that expected the Titans to really let Malik Willis spread his wings in this game, even against an abysmal Houston team, I don't think that that's a very rational take. Um this Houston team is very bad. I, I uh, By the way, the other mea culpa I needed to make was I said that I thought this game was going to be bad but interesting. Uh, it was not. the. I think the Commanders game was more interesting than this game. This game was aggressively like relegation from the league level boring. And that's because the Texans at full strength are just horrible. And the Titans, because they were missing Ryan Tannehill, and they've got a number of weapons out on the offense. I mean, Malik Willis being in there is bad enough, but when he's having to throw the ball to Cody Hollister, woof, woof. That's that's not a great recipe. That made for some really, really ugly football. So I lied about that as well. Not an interesting game. Um, the only reason you would watch it is if you were a fan of one of these teams, and even then I'm imagining a handful of Titans fans, once the game seemed fully within reach, uh, they probably turned it off and moved on to something more interesting. The Titans, the offense was what I think you expected it to be. Malik Willis was is in no position to be a, a starter in this league, nothing really even close. You might could even argue whether or not he's a viable backup just because this performance, I mean, they really just needed somebody in there to hand the ball off. Derrick Henry won them this game. This was Derrick Henry winning the game. It was Derrick Henry in the defense, and the offense was there for moral support. Um, and they did their jobs. The offense, I, I, I got to give a little credit to the offense, not a little, a, a good bit of credit to the offensive line because Derrick Henry doesn't do that without some great blocking. But this Texans run defense was, as advertised, the worst in the league. I mean, it was, they made the Chargers run defense look like an elite unit. It was so bad. And once again, Derrick Henry, with his fourth straight 200 plus rushing yard game against the Texans, holy cow, they make this guy look like the best running back in league history, which he's up there, uh, one of the best that we've ever seen, but they make him look like a god sent from above to grace us with his magical football powers. This guy, at halftime, I know he was averaging 8.3 yards per carry, which is an insane number. It doubles most all of his yards per carry numbers for the rest of the season. Um, I don't, I'm looking up right now what he ended up with, but Needless to say, it felt like each and every time Derrick Henry got the ball, he was breaking off six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen yards. 
and they would not go away from it. Why would they? Right. I mean, I saw people on, on Twitter asking why, why don't Malik Willis and the Titans try to air the ball out once they've got the lead? Why don't they see what Malik's got? Well, because what easier way to let somebody back, let a team like the Texans back into a game than to risk turning the ball over and, and giving the defense an opportunity to score. It's ridiculous. You, if, if they can't stop the run game, you continue to make them try to stop the run game. They could not. And so that was the story of the game. The Texans offense absolutely stifled by the Titans defense did a fantastic job and the Titans offense really needing to do nothing but run the ball down the Texans throats for three hours. And that's exactly what they did. And, and it was, it was the kind of win that the Titans needed in this spot. It was ugly. It was not even necessarily awe inspiring because you know, the Titans offense, they rushed as a team for over 300 yards today before this, this game, they had been averaging just North of a hundred yards per game rushing it's it, it feels kind of like a funny money game in that way, in the sense that, yeah, the running game was fantastic, but against this Texans defense, what can you really take away? I mean, it's like trying to judge an SEC offensive performance off of their first game of the year against Louisiana Tech. It's like, hey, what do you make of that? You know, you, you can't really take much away from that. Yeah, Derrick Henry's a stud against these guys because, frankly, they're chumps against him. But... Is that going to mean Derrick Henry's this, you know, is he back at the peak of his powers? Maybe, like maybe, but we we can't know based off of that performance. So, so that's what this game was. And th those are, those are basically my thoughts on the game. As it stood out to me the most besides Derrick Henry and Malik Willis, I feel like I, I should, I should mention just a couple of thoughts on Malik. I wasn't surprised by, by what happened today with Malik Willis. I don't think it's necessarily a super negative outcome for him <laughs> with, with Malik. We've known that he's not a guy that is ready to play meaningful snaps at the quarterback position outside of a gadget role this year at all. It was never in the cards for him or for this team. You know, whether or not, you know, he's going to be ready is, is yet to be determined. By the way, I found that Derrick Henry averaged uh, 6.8 yards per carry in this game. Dontrell Hilliard, by the way, turning in 10.4 yards average. Just a shout out to the think piece morons last week, talking about how the Titans need to be active in trade negotiations for Kareem Hunts of the world. Yeah, because the Titans number two guy is really struggling right now. Dontrell Hilliard today with eight carries, 83 yards, 10.4 yards per carry. Ran a 30-yarder 30, a 30 is his longest of the day. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Hilliard is more than serviceable as a backup. They invested a mid-round draft pick on a, a Michigan running back in the draft this past year, and Hassan Haskins. That was always ridiculous, but that's to not go full ADHD on, on that topic. The, 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 Titans, <clears throat> the Titans in this game, they, they gave Malik Willis the game plan that he needed to be given at this point in his career, which was, hey, don't screw up. Don't don't turn the ball over, which he ended up doing once. And, and from that point on, they passed the ball like two or three times the rest of the game. Just hand the ball off, stand there and look pretty and get your first career win. That's what he did. He threw the ball six times. He was six of 10, 55 yards, 5.5 yards per completion, one interception. 
sacked three times for 50, 15 yards with a 35.4 rating. Poor, poor on paper. Um, but he did what they asked him to do, and that's the key in this game. My point here is that Malik can't be trusted against anybody really but the Texans, I guess is what I'm saying. They need Ryan Tannehill back, and I'm glad after this performance that we can all collectively say, hey, yeah, they're going on Sunday Night Football to play the Chiefs, and they've got to have Ryan Tannehill back, or they might as well not even go. So those are my thoughts on this game, and we got the bulk of today's show because because we've been so busy and I didn't get a chance to prepare a whole lot is going to be in our Titans news, which we have quite a bit of. So, Producer JT, why don't you get us into some of today's Titans news? Getting into more of the news about today's game, uh, of course, the first thing we have to talk about, like we do every single uh, Monday morning show, let's talk about our best bet gauntlet and see how yeah. we did. It. It's mm. probably the last thing that was on my mind today, but preparing for the show, I was like, yeah, let me go back and see how we did this week. And you know what? We did exactly the same going two <laughs> and two today. Uh, I know the Bears sold on me there. Probably not the greatest pick. And, and I don't think anybody could have sold harder than the uh, Las Vegas Raiders today, <laughs> putting up zero points in that game in which a lot of people were like, this is my lock of the week. This is my pick. They're going to win outright. Do that. Exactly. No points going into New Orleans. But I end up going 2-2, two and two, and I think you dropped uh, the Jags, of course, over in London. And JT, um, listen, yes. listen to me. I need, I need accountability here from our yes. viewers and from you. I'm done. Done betting the Jaguars. Can't, can't do it. Can't do it anymore. Not going to do it. I feel like I've lost three or four times on them this year. I don't know why I continue to bet them. I just, I'm intoxicated by the upside of Doug Peterson and, and Trevor Lawrence. They are, I, they are clearly, they have a lot of work to do. I think Doug Peterson still is a good coach. I just think I underestimated how much work he had to do to change the culture, the losing culture over there. And holy cow, the Jaguars, the fall from grace from being two and one, suddenly the class of the division, all of the nerds taking a very premature stance on oh man we were glad we placed those bets those long shot bets this summer on the jaguars they're gonna win the afc south they're the team that's going worst to first this year they're going to the playoffs it's already a done deal this is clearly the class of the afc south flash forward a month and change here they are two and six on a five game losing streak it's a rough look it is and uh Notice that we're two and two. It's because we have one game left in this week. Of course, you are taking the Browns at plus three tomorrow. I'm taking the Bungles at minus three. And it's a pretty big game if you're super into the best bet gauntlet, as Which someone will be. be taking a lead right. going into next week. But enough about that. Let's talk about the real reason why the Titans won this game 17 to 10 today. Derrick Henry. If, right. you didn't, if you didn't listen to us last week, it kind of broke it down. Like, we went through his averages of the last three games against uh, the Houston Texans for Derrick Henry. And he eclipsed all of those averages today. Handling the most carries he's ever handled in a game against Houston with 32 for 219 yards and two touchdowns. He got his 75th rushing touchdown all time for the Titans in which literally the Texans could not be bothered to even try and stop him just waltzing into the end zone on that one. Probably the easiest rushing touchdown of his career on that one. 
uh, but just a standout performance. And what else could you expect? You know? Um, yeah, agreed. JT, I don't know if I mentioned this to you at all today, but, but earlier today when I had a break from a lot of wedding cleanup, I was looking at just some of the lines on this game on DraftKings, and one stood out to me as just maybe the not maybe the biggest no-brainer bet i've ever seen in my life it was derrick henry over under rush attempts 21 and a half i said this has to be a typo i I fully expected once i hit bet and tried to put some money down on it for it to say oh so line change we met 32 and a half okay gotcha i got you no 21 and a half and i put as much money as i was comfortable putting on it and it cashed almost by halftime it was the biggest no-brainer bet of my entire life. I have no idea what Vegas was thinking. It was clear that today was going to be a Derrick Henry game. No, for sure. And if, uh, a couple stats came out uh, about the most career games with over 200 rushing yards and two-plus rush TDs since 19, 1950. Top of, the, top of the order is Derrick Henry with six, and then Derrick Henry versus the Texans with four now. And then you have some of the class running backs of all time in LT, Barry Sanders, and Jim Brown, all with three. Meaning, just saying, uh, I think we were talking before the show, right? Um, you're saying something, equating it kind of to Aaron Judge's home run tor- total. Yes, How much can yeah. you really say <laughs> when four of his six all-time come against one team? This was my dad. I was talking to my dad today about this game, and, and he asked me, because I, back when the Yankees were still in the playoffs, not to transition too hard to baseball, Aaron Judge setting the home run record with the Yankees. I consider a total Fugazi record. I think it's a bunch of baloney because if you go and look, because baseball for some reason allows teams to have different sized ballparks, the the short porch that the Yankees have on one side of their outfield is so short. It allowed for uh, people charted these things and you go and you look and it's like, oh, 15 of Aaron Judge's home runs this year wouldn't have been home runs in any other ballpark but the Yankee Stadium. Well, my dad was saying maybe it's equivalent for Derrick Henry. Maybe his record of six is kind of just a nonsense record because four of them have come against the Texans and none of those other running backs got to play the Texans twice a year. And I said, listen, I can't, I cannot firmly disagree with that point. I think it's a pretty fair point. It's a really funny point. Um, And yeah, the Texans, I mean, their run defense has been atrocious for as long as I can remember. Yeah, moving on to uh, some not-so-great news, some of, some of the things that came out of this game. Let's talk about Amani Hooker, who left the game today um, with a shoulder injury, of course. It was a very breath of fresh air for this defense in that secondary that he came back and then had to, once again, exit today. Um, it's just something to be on the lookout, of course, for this pivotal, pivotal matchup against the Chiefs this week. That'll be one to watch on the injury re- report All all I have to say about that one, just real quick, is it's a godsend that this team has hit on Andrew Adams at safety because with with Kevin Byard playing, frankly, kind of mediocre, sneaky mediocre football so far this season, and Imani Ogar dealing with with his injury concerns, them having an Andrew Adams who seems to be a reliable third option at safety, it's a big deal. No, for sure. And let's just look at where the Titans stand, at least in the AFC South, of course. We talked about the Jags losing in London today, but then got to talk about the the Colts dropping a game here to the Commies led by Taylor Heineke. I mean, I, both of these games were not fun to watch. If you were a fan of any AFC South team, you really weren't enjoying 
whether it be a Jags fan having to get up at 8.30 this morning or watching this Colts-Commanders game or this Titans-Texans game, it was a rough day of football for you. But anyways, the Titans get another game up in that AFC Divi- AFC South division or getting closer and closer to having that thing wrapped up before Christmas. And a 3-0 in divisional and games halfway on their way to being undefeated in the division. They have knocked the Colts off twice, knocked the Texans off. Um, it's going to come down to those two Jaguars games that are both at the very end of their schedule. Let's talk about looking ahead to next week's game. Not only is it a huge matchup, but it also has some implications as right now the Chiefs and the Titans are tied for the two seed in the AFC. And this game will be the tiebreaker for that and could have some very big implications going forward. Also, another thing to note about this game, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bunch this week and just kind of be shaking our heads at what the NFL kind of schedule makers are planning some of these games, but... The Titans will now be going to play the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, where the Chiefs will be coming off their bye, super fresh. And then, after playing on Sunday Night Football, let's just jump ahead, why don't we, to when they host the Broncos at home, the Broncos will also be coming fresh off their bye. So a little bit of unfortunate luck there for them, but it'll be a very important part of their schedule coming up. Very important, really tough break for the Titans with the schedule makers there. Um, The thing with the Chiefs is funny to me, (laughs) <laughs> Andy Reid against the Titans has something like a one and nine record all time. It's like the only team he has a losing record to all time, which is hilarious and astonishing. But you also look at Andy Reid's record coming off of a bye, and it's something like the inverse of that. Um, something around 90% win rate. So I, I'm not sure which one of those is going to win out in this game. Obviously, it's a massive deal for the Titans, not only to be having to go on the road on Sunday Night Football, but against the Chiefs team that's coming off of the bye. Brutal, brutal break. We'll have a lot to talk about involving that game on Friday's episode. That's all we got today. Like like you said earlier, it wasn't. It was very much a Derrick Henry day. Titans yes. get a win. And that's really all that went on in this game. Yeah, so we're, we're, that's, thank you, producer JT, for the news today. And that's about all we've got for today. Frankly, I apologize for my, my voice today. Hopefully it wasn't too grating on your ears. If it was, I'm imagining you've turned the show off well before now. But if you're still here, thank you for listening. Um, and sorry that it's a little shorter today. But first of all, even if this was a normal week, I'm not sure how much we would have had to say about that game. Not a whole lot to break down in terms of narrative. It's pretty cut and dry. And a lot about our look ahead is hinging on whether or not Ryan Tannehill is going to be back for this game. So that's what we're going to be looking for all week. Um, Make sure to follow the show on Twitter if you're not already. We will have all of our show posts out there. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm almost guaranteed to post some wedding photos of me and my gorgeous wife in the next couple of days. So um, you can check that out. If you're not subscribed to the show already, please go and subscribe. Hey, before we go, I apologize to a couple of people here. Let me give my spiel real quick. If you're not subscribed to the show, first of all, please subscribe. Second of all, if you are subscribed, please right now go and leave us a five-star review on the show. If I star rating, leave us a review, write whatever you want about the show. And we are guaranteed to read it off on air. We had a couple that we either overlooked or came in after the most recent uh, review that we read on air. And I, I, noticed and didn't want to um leave you hanging on that so (coughs) i'm pulling up those two reviews right now actually we got a new one from friday here 
the review five stars great titans pod if you're looking for a titans podcast that is run by folks with some professionalism this is the one easton presents information very well and in an entertaining fashion to top it off he's also a good follow on twitter unlike other titans podcast hosts they get locked on to garbage takes <laughs> tighten up w w that is the best that is the best review we've gotten definitely not a swipe at any particular titans youtuber um but, but that is really funny um from espen 36 signed w that is hilarious thank you man for your kind words and for listening to the show and then a couple wow well, we got a couple on friday well wow, this is fantastic excuse me i'm just now realizing this tip top titans talk from nickname 484848 a five-star review for the groom to be now the groom who was congratulations i hope the two of you are very happy together now i know you've already changed the name of the podcast once but consider this all of the most popular podcasts in America have the host's name in the title. The Ben Shapiro Show, The Readout with Joy Reid, The Mike Herndon Show, all clearly have cracked the code. But if you, The Buck Rising Show, by the way. <laughs> but if you don't want to change the podcast name again, you could always change Easton's name. <laughs> Introducing the Hot Read podcast starring Johnny Hot Read. I think your wife would be on board. Love the show. Keep up the good work from Jacob saying at Jay Sanity. Jacob, thank you. That is a f another fantastic review and a great idea. Maybe I should. I've already changed the name once, so maybe I need to just change my name legally. And I'll, my wife, I'm sure she'd be understanding. She'd be fine with that. The couple of um, reviews that I wanted to mention that had come out uh, and we had missed from October 10th. This person said, this is the Titans, inform the Titans informative podcast, insightful, funny, and well-produced. This is the best source for Titans info and analysis. Thank you, Soccerman81. And then five stars from Fricks56. I drive four to six hours per day. This show always makes part of my day go by quicker. Thanks for the great content. But this did take longer than 10 seconds. Well, Fricks56, thank you for the kind words. I can't help. Your fingers are just too slow. If you were fast enough, you could do it in 10 seconds, but I appreciate you leaving a comment nonetheless. If you would like to uh, be uh, read aloud on the show and, and get a shout out, leave us a five-star rating, leave a review, sign it with your name if you'd like to be uh, for us to shut you out on air and leave your Twitter handle. We'll, we'll even give you a follow on Twitter if you leave your, your Twitter, Twitter handle um, and you listen to the show. We appreciate you guys so much. You, you make doing this show worth it. We love bringing you guys all of this information. And with that, we are just over the 30 minute mark. I have no more voice left and no more things to say. So for producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you hopefully with a little bit more voice on Friday. <laughs>